Um, if you have your Bibles, open them up to uh, the book of Philippians. Uh, we'll be starting off here in chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, we'll be picking right back up where we left off. If you don't have a Bible, uh, the scripture will be on the screen behind me. Um, you can also check in on Facebook. Uh, the scripture should be posted on there. If not, just check in. Let everyone know you're here at Impact City Church having a good time. Um, for the past few weeks, we have looked at the letter that Paul scribed to the, the church in Philippi. And he's writing this letter from jail. We, we know that. We, we got into that. And as he's writing the letter, he's talking and he's trying to encourage them. He's trying to encourage them to have joy throughout his suffering, to know that even though he is suffering, just like Chan said, that even though he is suffering, there is still much to be joyful for. That your life is never going to be perfect. Your life is always going to have something that is not critically right in your life to make you have so much happiness in yourself. But rather, we should find our happiness and our joy in the blood of Christ. And the fact that you are sanctified by Jesus Christ and that alone should make you sing for joy. That we don't find our satisfaction in external circumstances. We find our satisfaction in eternal differences of our heart. And so that's what he is saying here. Now, last week we looked at living a life worthy of the gospel. In fact, two weeks ago when I preached, we said that we are to live a life worthy of the gospel. Basically, God has sent his son down to earth, a perfect human in the form of a child in the manger who grew up a sinless life to die on the cross for you and for me to shed his blood and give his life so that you and I can have eternity with the father in heaven lord almighty jesus and god up in heaven with the holy spirit and because of that as a result of that gift to you and to me we are to live our lives for the gospel. We are called to live for the gospel. Side note, we are all called to make disciples and live for the gospel. We are all called. No matter what stage of life you're in, you're called to be a disciple. You're called to make disciples. You're called to be a witness. Man, I, I feel like one of those Pentecostal preachers. You're called to be a witness with this microphone and walking. You're called to be a witness to those around you and to make disciples of all nations. What does he say at the end of Matthew 28, 19? He says, go out into all the nations, baptizing them, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The pure thought of you thinking that you are not called to be a disciple maker. You're merely called to serve in a children's ministry, or you're merely called to make coffee in the mornings, or you're called to simply just come to church is lunacy. Because God has called you for more. Think about this. Do you really think that the, that the God of the universe would send his son, his perfect son, to die for you, for you to simply do nothing but grow and learn some scriptures in the Bible? He has called you to be radical. He has called every single one of us here to be something significant in the community. He has called us to make a difference. He has called us to live above and beyond ourselves. That is living a life for the gospel, okay? And the way we do it here is through, through missional life. We do it here at Impact City through living missional, the, the focus coming off of ourselves and putting the focus all the time on God. And we do that through God. We, we, we sustain ourselves through God. We, we work and do a great work for God 
through our lives. We, we witness and we, we make friends through God and for God. You understand what we're saying? Like every purpose that we do is for God. You don't join a, a kid's softball team for the main purpose of just doing it for your kids. That's a great thing. We want to build the kids up, but you do it for God. You do it in some way. You say, what way will I serve God through this? How would I be a light in this, this situation that I'm in? Your job situation. How am I going to serve God? How am I going to live for the gospel in this situation that I'm in? How am I? I'm the manager of a store. I'm this of a store. I, I lead certain people. How would I not only lead them to do a great job in the company, but how would I lead these people to a better relationship with Christ? How would I do that? It's incredible what you can do if you put your focus on God and not yourself. And we're all called to that. See, if you read scriptures, you will find out that there is a certain way for us to live our lives if we're going to live them out for the gospel. We can't simply just be. We have to be with a purpose. There is a certain way. As you will see in the next few verses, Paul is going to explain that it is not always easy to live like that. It is not always easy to live a life for the gospel. In fact, living a life of the gospel and being a light in the world can be very difficult. Almost impossible at times. But I want to show you that through that difficulty in your life, that through that struggle that you might have, whatever it is that you're trying to do, every, every ounce of commitment, every ounce of hurt, every ounce of pain that you live in, in, in direction of righteousness is purposeful. And through all that, God's light will shine through. So with that in mind, let's continue to the book of Philippians here. Uh, We're in chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. If you guys are there, say I'm there. I'm going to turn the cap around like Sylvester Stallone. Let's read. I'm having too much fun today, guys. I love this place. Chapter uh, 2, verse 12. It says, Therefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is Paul talking to the church in Philippi. It says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Verse 14. It says, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Verse 17, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with all of you. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. You should be glad and rejoice with me. So Paul does not pretend that working out the implications of the gospel and the lifestyle of humility is anything but, dif- but not difficult. He says this stuff, this living out the gospel is hard work. That when you're a Christian and you're trying to be right and do the right things, it is never easy. Paul, of all people, should know this because he has the best experience of anyone. 
He says in the book of Romans, you don't have to turn there, but just listen. In Romans 7, 19, he says that what I want to do is good, but then I don't. And then the things I do not want to do, the things I know that are wrong, I do those things. He says every time that I know something is right, and I know I need to do this right thing, I don't do it. But the things that I know are wrong, and the things that I know are sinful, and the things that I know will mess up my life, and the things that I know are wrong to God, and the things that I know will be a poison in my life that will probably wreck my life, those are the things, for some crazy reason, I tend to lean more towards and do. How many of y'all feel like that in life sometimes? I know I'm not supposed to be prideful and judgy sometimes, but sometimes I am. I know I'm not supposed to make fun of some people and laugh and joke around people the way they talk and stuff but Sarah was just getting out to me just baby you can't make fun of the way that guy talks I'm like he talks like a redneck baby it's so you know and I just I cannot do those things I know you guys are like I'll talk like a redneck why is he saying that it's not you I promise it's not you this idea of salvation in our lives this idea of living a righteous life is hard to it's hard to do. Look again with me on verse 12. Paul said, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but in much more in my absence, saying like, hey, I know you're good when the pastor's around, but when the pastor's out of town, you need to even be even better. You need to even really watch out. Just the way that God is when you're in church, and you try to do good, and you come to church, and you act all good and prissy and stuff like that. When you leave church, you need to continue to be that good person. He says, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. He says, this is work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He says, for it is the work of God in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It is not easy, but it is work. It is not easy, but it is all the necessary for your life. Because when we apply the gospel to our lives... With radical humility of Christ, we stand out in the world as lights in the darkness. When we apply the gospel to our lives and we live out for the gospel, not only do we, we don't just blend in with the crowd. We stand out as a light. Now, that light can be offensive to the darkness. I want you to just think about this. When you have your lights all off in your room and someone comes and flips the light switch on, what do you do? You squint and go like that. But after a while, you adjust to the light, and you like the light. So Paul gives us a glimpse of this uh, in the next few verses, verses 14 through 16. It says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Side note, that's really hard to do. Without grumbling or disputing, that, like, that is tough to do. Okay, we'll talk about that in just a second. Verse 15. It says, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Paul is saying that the application of the gospel is tremendously difficult work. It requires working out your salvation with fear and with trembling. That is tough work. And all the while trusting God to do the work of the gospel in us while we are doing that. And while all of this is going on, we are to live with a luminous joy and free of grumbling or complaining. Hello, impossible. Like, has anyone ever given you an impossible task to do? 
You're like, there is no way I can do this thing. Like, how can you even attempt to get me to try to do this, whatever it is you want them to do? How can you get like, This is an impossible task for many of us. In fact, I think it's an impossible task for all of us, if we're honest. The only people who don't think it's impossible are people who are spiritually prideful. We think they're perfect. And then we know they're not perfect because they're spiritually prideful, and that's a sin in and of itself. It's one of those impossible tasks. I don't know about you, but I'm Mr. Negative, okay? And so, like, just the fact that I can even get through a day without complaining about one little thing is a miracle in my life. We went to San Antonio this past week. It was one of those spare-the-moment things. Sarah just woke up on Friday. I woke up on Friday. I was like, you know what? And she goes, what? And she goes, babe, we should go to San Antonio. I was like, okay, let's go to San Antonio. And right away, I started thinking, Oh, babe, but there's gas that's involved. Babe, we have the kids that get out of school. Babe, we're going to hit rush hour traffic when we leave. Babe, it's going to be all this forever. She's like, babe, just go for it. Just do it. Let's just, let's just escape for a while. Don't even put it on Facebook, right? So we get to the hotel. I lose her keys. I'm like, oh, I can't even relax because I can't find your keys. What if someone found your keys and they're in our house right now using our TV? Like, I don't know what's going on, you know? And then, then like, we find her keys. Then we go to the pool. Like, we go to the indoor pool, which on the picture looked like it was this big. But in the indoor pool, in the actual hotel was like this big. You know, it was like really small. So we get in there, and there's all these teenagers, and they're jumping around, they're playing music, and they're drinking and smoking. I'm there with my kids like, oh, no, we're going to make this happen. You know, we were trying to escape. And I'm thinking, why in all the hotels in San Antonio did we pick the one with like the, 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 the college, you know, party going on inside it, right? But here we are. We're trying to make it happen. And I was just complaining and complaining and trying to get through this. And finally, like, but that night I was like, okay, I need to relax. I need to chill. And you make this the best thing I can do, you know. But whenever I hear that I should live my life for the sake of the gospel in every way and to work hard to ensure that the world around me sees that I am living for the gospel, I got to tell you that uh, without complaining, that's really hard for me to do. Because when we try to live for the gospel, bad things happen to us, amen? And it's hard to be like, God, I am trying to please you. I am trying to do the good thing in my life. And why won't you just work with me? Because it's not working right now. I'm trying to do good. I know, I know it sucks. I know it's hard. You know, what I think the root problem in all of us is, why we complain when we try to do things right and do things wrong? Because I think the root problem is just sin in our life. Just sin in my life. Because then again, what is sin? Sin is simply being more self-focused rather than heavenly focused. And you say, God, I am doing so good. But you're not doing good for me. That's sinful. When you choose your own feelings over God's will and God's way, you're in sin. God, I know, I, I know, I know, Pastor. But you don't understand, I like this guy, and he's really cute, and he's really good, and he's so good to me. And I'm like, but he's not a Christian. He doesn't even love Jesus. In fact, he doesn't even know Jesus exists. You're like, I know, but he's really good. He has a good job, and he looks cool, and you're like, I like him. You're choosing your own feelings over God's feelings. Or what God wants you to do. Oh, Pastor, I know, I know I'm supposed to be serving on this Sunday, but like, you know what, I really, you know, I... There's this concert coming into town on Saturday night, and honestly, I'm going to be really hungover on Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, if I go to this concert, I know I can't serve that morning. You're putting your own feelings over what God is wanting you to do, the commitments and the promises you've made. 
God, I know, I know you want me to be radical and start a missional community group in my home, but I just am very uncomfortable with people in my house. You're choosing your own feelings over what God wants you to do. It's not easy. It's hard. Understand that. It's very hard. It's easy to do these things because we feel like we are entitled to more for some reason. We feel like for some reason that the God of the universe who sacrificed his son on the cross for some crazy reason owes us more than what he has already given us, which is everlasting life for simply believing in Jesus. That's why whenever we read scriptures that say that we must work out our salvation, we tend to freak out a bit. Church, as followers of Christ, we cannot expect our path to be one of ease. We cannot expect our path to be one of ease in your life just because you're a follower of Christ. There is hope in Christ. Yes, there is grace, love, and forgiveness in Christ. But that does not mean that your life is going to be easy as soon as you follow Christ. Salvation by grace is totally free. Do not get me wrong. But that does not mean it does not come at a personal cost. Jesus said this in the Gospel of Luke, Luke 14, 28. It says, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? I think many of us Christians, we, we want Jesus, but we don't realize what it means to actually follow Jesus. And we want to just come to church and be fed and have a good time and feel like we're all happy in community. And we totally neglect the part when Jesus said to go out and make disciples of all nations. We neglect the part that says that in this world you will have suffering, but take heart, I, will, I have overcome the world. You, you neglect the part because you don't like that part of the Bible that says that you will have to endure hard times. We call it cafeteria Christianity. When you walk through the Bible and you go through the scriptures, you say, I want a little bit of this. I want a little bit of that. I really love this love part. I love this grace part. I love this part of the Bible where Jesus says he loves me. I'm going to scoop that up. Oh, I don't want that because that says that even though he loves me, he will, he will allow me to endure the same type of pain and torture he went through so that I will know him better and closer. I don't want, to, I don't, I don't want that because if I get that, then I'm going to have a hard time in my life. And you choose not to believe that. And then, like Francis Sand said, you, you have these, these what-the-heck-happened moments when stuff goes wrong in your life. But I was doing everything right. Like what? And then you start complaining. God is at work, yes, in your life. He's building something great in you and of you. He is turning the tides of your soul, and he is making you into the man or the woman that he has always wanted you to be. He's working. But there is strenuous work for us to do as well. Living a life worthy of the gospel of Christ takes a lot of work. Whether it's dying to yourself with an accountability partner every day, you struggle with whatever it is you struggle with, you struggle through, through sinfulness, you struggle through addictions, and you need that one person that you can honestly say, hey, I, 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 I slipped back into my, my ways, hey, I slipped back into what, I, I, what my flesh wants, and they can just sit there in love and say, that's okay, brother, I love you, let's get through this. Accountability, that's, that's, that's hard work to have accountability. Because it's easy to sit there and lie to someone, but the truth always comes out. It's hard work being a Christian. Pushing your selfishness aside and serving in the ministry is one of the hardest things to do. When I first started out ministry, I did not even want to serve in ministry. I started off opening a door for 
people at church. And then one day, Sarah says, hey, I need help in the children's area. I said, I hate kids. They're full of snot. They smell. They're loud. They always cry. She said, no, babe, I need you here now. I'm like, okay, I'll go. Started teaching kids ministry. I love kids ministry. Kids ministry is the most important ministry in church right now. Because it's the future of the generations to come. If we are not investing in our kids, then we are not investing in the kingdom. We're simply just keeping to ourselves. So the selfishness to say that I am selfish, I'm going to do whatever it takes for the kids of the church, for the kids of the future. When you shift the focus away from you and you put it on the kingdom, that makes so much more sense to do that. But it's hard to do that. It's not easy. Sacrificing your schedule to open up more time for a missional community. Hey, Pastor, I love what you're doing on missional city groups. I love what we're doing. I see the change. I know the fact that, that there was a group this past weekend that, that went to the park and witnessed and, and, and kind of talked to a bunch of guys at the basketball court or, or a couple of women that came over and talked to us that we loved on them and we were just there for them. I know that those things are happening. I know those things are doing good. But I got stuff to do during the week, Pastor. And my kids got homework. Sacrificing your schedule to open up more time for missional community is hard to do, but it is so important for the kingdom. If you can sacrifice time in your schedule to make a movie, if you can sacrifice time in your schedule to make a hooks game, if you can sacrifice time in your schedule to go to a birthday party, whatever it is, you can sacrifice time in your schedule to make time to be in community with your church. Even if it's just learning to say no to the things that you want to do, that's hard work. How many of y'all know that saying no is hard at times? Amen? This past week, uh, yesterday we were at, at, at San Antonio, and I walked, I was taking the kids around, and I walked past the Cinnabon place. You know what I'm talking about? Their, lo- their, their slogan is, life needs frosting. Amen. Preach it. And I walked by and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not right. Fat boy does not need that. I said no first. And then I turned right back around. And they got me the best uh, cinnamon, hot, warm, full of frosting and goodness. And then they got me a big iced coffee with whipped cream. And I didn't get served anything. And then she was so mad. She's all, babe, think of me. I should have said no to that though, right? I probably put on enough calories for a month. Oh, but it was so good. Church needs frosting. Okay, and yet the strain of living for Christ should never be eclipsed by our joy, though. It should not, cannot eclipse our joy for him. It's hard work to do these things. It's hard to say no. It's hard to sacrifice your schedule. It's hard to do these things, but that should never hinder your joy for Christ. Because just like how Jesus sacrificed himself, with joy and without complaining on the cross, so should we sacrifice our lives with joy and without complaining for the sake of the gospel, no matter how hard it is. The gospel that calls us to sacrifice is the same gospel that calls us to rejoice. Amen? But when we go through these struggles, it also serves to show us one more thing. I'll end with this. Struggling to live a life for the gospel will always remind us of how much we really need the gospel. If you struggle for the gospel, it is always going to remind you how you can never achieve 
and, and live that perfect life. And it's always going to remind you how much you need Jesus and the gospel in your life, knowing that whenever we fail and fall short of where we ought to be, that there is a loving and gracious Savior who is there waiting with arms wide open to welcome you back into his presence, even though you have failed him time and time and time again. Folks, you cannot fall out of the, the love and the grace of the glory of God. And every time we try to live perfectly lives and we fail and we screw up and we mess up, every time we do that, it should serve as a reminder that you need Jesus more than anyone in the world. You might not be able to control the lives of those around you, but you can control your life. And if you need Jesus, you will make whatever strives for that. So church, let me allow me to just be an encouragement to you today. That we are not perfect, amen? But we are all made right in the sight of God through his perfect son, Jesus Christ. That we may fail every day in pursuit of the gospel. But the love of Jesus never fails us. And that we may strive for him daily. And when we do, we will not make it all the way. But his grace covers the rest and he'll meet us the rest of the way. Amen. Something to rejoice in. Church, continue to live your lives for the gospel. Don't let anyone stop you. No relationships in your life stop you. Live your life for the gospel. I don't care what, what, what people come into your life to try to pull you away and stray you away. I don't care if it's the best boyfriend, the best girlfriend you've ever had. I don't care if it's your husband or your wife. It's your family, your boss, the people you work with, the students in your school, your friends, whoever is in your life. You continue to stay straight on the path and you live your life for the gospel. And when it gets hard and you want to complain, just remember the fact that Jesus hung on the cross for you and me and never even once complained for us. That's the gospel that gets you through life. That's the gospel worth living for. That's the gospel worth dying for. Let's pray. God, we... Um, God, we, I, want us, I want us to sit here for a moment and just reflect on our lives. I want us to think about where we are in life and what do we have going on and the things that consume our schedule, the things that consume our hearts, our passions, the things that consume our desires, the, the things that really that we, that we long for. I want us to think about the things that we, that we want to do for you. And then I want us to sit back and ask, are those really gospel-based? Or are those things centered-based, self-seeking, centered-based things? And Lord, if we find any fault in our lives today, I think we all can find a little fault in our lives today. May we just rejoice in the fact that you're a loving and gracious God who holds nothing back in terms of his forgiveness for us. That we can look down upon, our, upon the ground and know that he is looking down on us and know that he loves us no matter how bad we mess up. Church, if that is you here today, may you just repent right now. Say, I'm not perfect, Lord. I am so sorry I've made a mess of your beautiful plan for us. Lead me back into line of where you want me to be. Help me not complain, Lord. Help me. 
help me have a joyful heart for you, Lord. Restore in me a joy for your love and a joy for your, for your, for your mission. Restore in me a heart that is longing and yearning. Make me find the fire that was in my heart to begin with, Lord, that just loves you and strives for you. Help me back to where I once began in my relationship with you, a heart that loves you, that's willing to do anything short of sin for the gospel to advance and the kingdom to grow. Forgive us for making a mess of this, Lord. Help us not complain. Lord, help us be a church that is constantly putting you first in everything we do. Help us be a church that continues to die to ourselves at the cost of our humility, at the cost of our self-righteousness. Help us die to those things, Lord. It's not about me. It's not about the people in this church. It's about the kingdom of God and what the people of God can do for the kingdom of God. We're simply children of God serving our Father in heaven. And God, you are so great. You are so awesome. Lord, we want to worship you here today. With our hearts wide open as we continue to sing praises to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand up and worship.